This episode is sponsored by EOP Media. EOP Media exists to advance the marketing discipline and move it out of the cycle of reactive and redundant change. That is why we say EOP Media is a new type of marketing agency for the next age of marketing. We will achieve our mission through the process of driving and supporting four big areas, transforming the marketing profession, evolving marketing for the new economy, revolutionizing the startup ecosystem, and enabling individual agency of identity and data. If your organization is wrestling with the same ideas, or if you're interested in learning more about our ideas for the new economy, please get in touch with us at eopmedia.com. Welcome to the Tech Aunties Podcast, where we're bringing you industry context and vision from myself, Angelia McFarlane, and Gina Rosenthal. On each podcast, we will share our marketing and technology industry experiences along with the tea. Listen to us as we explain the past so you can have context to understand and create your own version of the future. So let's get into it. Okay, everyone, welcome back. Um, And so this is a marketing episode. So those of you who've been following along realize that we're doing these these dual episodes, marketing. I've been leading the the marketing-focused ones, and Gina leads the technical-focused ones. But of course, because both of us have marketing and technical experience, we we kind of uh, jump in on each other's conversation. So nice gumbo. Yes. <laughs> in the last episode, so the title of this episode is that it's okay to move on the road from Woodsville. And if you didn't listen to uh, the road to Woodsville, marketing's not so grand adventure. Go listen. Go listen. <laughs> And uh, But if you didn't, I want to explain to you, in that episode, we talked a lot about my perceptions on what has happened to the marketing discipline and how the marketing, how marketers, in my opinion, have been turned into and accepted our, our wussification, where we often don't have a seat at the table. We're not always listened to uh, our, our ideas that are have been researched and and use we've used our intelligence to come up with messaging and programs they get changed by people who you know have no idea what we've done and so i talked about us f- taking responsibility for accepting that and at the end Gina admonished me because at the beginning of that episode, I said I was excited and it was going to be an exciting episode. And at the end, she said, this is depressing. (laughs) (laughs) But kind of was, just saying. (laughs) And I said, that's okay because there's going to be a part two because we don't want to leave it there. We want to move on. And so that's why it's okay to move on. I, you know, I acknowledge where we were. And we're going to move on from Westville. And our first guest is is an exciting, very accomplished person. You're going to be you're going to this is going to be one you're going to enjoy listening to. Yes. It's Anna Picard. 
Anna is a digital and social marketing leader who enjoys navigating the constantly evolving digital landscape. She has a sharp eye for strategies that drive sales and loves turning curious browsers into loyal fans, all while working within a tight budget. On the social media front, Anna has experience in corporate social strategy and as an independent creator on TikTok and Instagram. She has partnered with over 25 consumer brands, helping them to build brand awareness and boost sales through her savvy social media skills. She also boasts deep skills and experiences in web strategy, e-commerce, customer experience, social, excuse me, social support, and product marketing all across B2B and B2C markets. You can find Anna on LinkedIn at Anna Picard Cichlis, T-S-I-H-L-I-S. Also, follow her on TikTok and Instagram at New Mommy Talks, M-O-M-M-Y, New Mommy Talks. All right. Welcome, Anna. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited because I... I I've worked with you a little bit, Angelia, that actually you were the one who helped me get into product marketing. Um, and I I'm sorry. was the most, inv- <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the most invaluable experiences actually that I ever had. And it made me a stronger social media marketer. Oh, so I was, I am so glad to, to hear that. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, great. So, so let's talk a little bit about your journey. And so one of the reasons Mm -hmm. I thought about you when we thought about this episode is that almost every product marketer I know has a side gig. Yep. Uh, And you (laughs) have navigated that exceptionally well. You have wonderful success on the corporate side and you also have wonderful success. I'm going to, is it okay if I call you an influencer? Would you call yourself that? You can call me an influencer. Yeah. It's, it's either, it, there's a big debate in the social place if it's influencer or content creator, but I mean, I, it's both. Which right? do you prefer? So, I kind of prefer either. Like, I, I think it depends on the audience I'm talking to, to be honest with you. On the consumer side, influencer is t- typically more, but on the B2B side, if I say content creator. That's what most like people, that's what resonates. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, so talk to me, <laughs> talk to me a little bit. I want to talk about... What was the bug that got you started uh, on in as a, as a content creator slash influencer? The, the thing that it's, bit you—that's what I meant by bug. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think what resonated with me was kind of what you were talking about on your other podcast, where it's like sometimes in the corporate environment you are like fighting for those ideas. And I'm a very results-driven person. I love to do strategy and implement it. So for me, when I saw the opportunity on TikTok, it just clicked that there was a huge marketing opportunity. Companies weren't ready to invest in it yet because they saw it a little bit as risky. And I kind of wanted to experience it for myself. So saw that opportunity where there wasn't any new mom content there. There was a gap. And I was like, what if I use my skills to try to market stuff that I love. And I think with side hustles, you got to make sure that you really love what you're doing for it to be something that's natural. Cause everyone talks about side hustles. They're like, you know, what, what makes you want to do it? I'd love to get into X, Y, Z, but it's not something they're passionate about. And social for me has always been something I'm just dived into 
if I'm not online or if I'm online um, or, you know, corporate, it's, it's my job in corporate, but outside of corporate, I've been like, I love social media. I just love the, the whole landscape of it and how it changes so frequently. And there's so many different, everyone's on it. So I, it was really a test skill for me uh, to say like, could I grow something on my own if I didn't have, you know, those voices saying no and what 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 would that look like? So okay. new mommy talks kind of blew up in a sense of like those were my skill sets if I if I was to kind of go on my own and not and improve myself as a results driven person without any politics or anything involved and having to fight for that seat at the table. And um that's kind of what I did. I, I used my maternity leave and I know that's like crazy, but um <laughs> busy enough. I know you're trying I to take care of a baby. And yeah, and you're on TikTok becoming a creator. (laughs) Right. And all of a sudden it became this whole like brand started reaching out to me and and seeing that I was creating value. And I I partnered by the time I was off maternity leave the first time I I already had like, you know, 10 brand deals. Probably need to update my LinkedIn now. It's probably up to like 40 that are like pretty notable. Um, And yeah, it just became something that was more of like, how could I like, use my skills to see if, if what I am bringing to the table is, is worthy. And it, it is like, of course it is. so it, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of, so that's kind of how it starts. Oh yeah. Tell, tell everyone, Anna, uh, we, we did a little of this in the pre-talk. Talk yeah. to them about your journey, where you are. You just said you're probably up to 40 brand sponsorships. Mm-hmm. How many, how many users, uh, yep. talk a little bit about, and, and also as you do that, What's the difference on Instagram and TikTok? Are are you do you, are they are they different audiences? Are they how do you do you manage them in the same way? Kind of give us a little bit of that. Good question. Such a good question. So I when I actually like started this just for like kind of reference of where TikTok was at at the time. This was in 2020. So there's really high growth. I got about 10,000 followers in like three months just from putting out content, which is unheard of in terms of organic growth. Today, I'm at 200,000 followers. I have about 4.7 million likes across all my content. I've had over seven videos now hit over a million views wow. which is like a lot. you know i i i was comparing it to some of the corporate strategies i was doing right and we're investing in these giant events right and some one video is hitting more views than an entire corporate event strategy oh yeah and i'm like wow this is an opportunity right so uh, so, so before terms- you before you go on that was such a good yeah. point what yeah. what do you believe i have my opinions what do yeah. you believe is the difference in how you could create a video about being a mommy and it hits a million viewers and you put, I don't, I mean, I, the, the things you do aren't cost free, but they're low cost. Mm-hmm. And then on the corporate side, you put tens of thousands and sometimes millions of dollars in a campaign and you're lucky if it reaches 10,000 people. What, what do you think the differences are? <laughs> Actually, amazing question as well. You were, you're <laughs> asking all the good ones today. I think we create content sometimes in the in the corporate world, not for the platforms. And in it's interesting because I've seen so much spend on on campaigns for social. They're often coming to social after the fact, 
And Mm. really what's in demand right now is this raw content that it is low production. And I think when we are in big corporate, we have the money to spend. It's high production. So uh, by default, we're creating this stuff. And sometimes people don't want to see it. And that's kind of what's going on uh, in the world of social. And I'm over here like, hey, yeah, my my low cost video with my iPhone. Can we get someone to do that anywhere? <laughs> so we um, and they're like, but we're a company. We're big. So <laughs> that's interesting. I think it's interesting because I kind of got out of social. I, I came to Dell when yep. they acquired a storage. They started when I tear hiring, acquiring social uh, storage companies. I came from EMC and I was one of the first EMC bloggers and I had convinced um, education at EMC to let me do social and it worked. There was a lot of, they were, this is when people were terrified of Twitter. Angelia used to be terrified of Twitter. (laughs) So they were terrified because yeah, we got on there and said whatever the heck we want. And it was harder back then because we had to figure out how to connect the videos. And so it really was a lot of just technical people on. It wasn't as easy but the same things happen, and that's why I left. It became so corporate and so message-driven. It yep. did not make sense anymore to the users. And they were like, they didn't care. Right. There was no it's, message for them there. It wasn't anything that resonated with them, which was horrible because you've got this whole audience of people that are just freaking out because you're doing, you know, because they can connect to you one-on-one. And that's what terrifies PR. Yeah. You know. Oh, totally. And it's conversation driven. Like going yes. back to what Angelia was saying, the difference between Instagram and Twitter and in TikTok, it's it's almost a different type of content that we need to produce for every single platform. And oftentimes we're creating the same thing and wondering why it's not performing, you know, like on different platforms. And it, you you really got to think platform first. Yeah. And, you know, what I see commonly is that we open up all these social accounts in the corporate world and we try to figure out how to create content there where we should really be thinking about the messaging and the content we want to create first okay. and then figuring out where we should put it. And then that would perform a little bit better. But, you know, social media managers will come in and be like, hey, how many accounts do you have? And it's it's usually <laughs> a lot. And what resources do we have to create the content? And, and like, it's usually you. like, oh, it's <laughs> over there. It's you or it's the people over there who know nothing about social and they're they're feeding you really expensive spend campaigns and and putting a, asking you to put them somewhere. So we're always on being in the social role. You're always on the like, you don't have a seat there because there's someone else who knows exactly what they're doing and they know, you know, everyone uses social. So they're ready to, Fight the fight with you at all times. So, so. what happened? Because I noticed this with some of my clients. What did you see a big change with um, the changes at Twitter? Huge change. I think politics came into it, which was interesting. Yeah. Uh, but from my my perspective as a social strategist, it's been it's been interesting to have to make sure that I'm breaking through the politic noise um, <laughs> and kind of sharing just sharing the facts of where it is. You know, a lot of companies who are not investing any spend on there, and then you've got companies that are. Um, and so how do you know when to kind of turn on the spend? They actually caught it's the first organic platform that costs money to actually use it. So is that now a paid strategy? So it's oh, confusing yeah. a lot of folks um in in That's the a recent social change, space. though, right, Anna? Yeah. Very recent. So April 1st, actually, you know, it's, it's about a thousand dollars right now for a corporation. Um you know, on a gold check mark to 
to have that, which is, it's different in, in wow. it changes your strategy too. Cause like that's supposed to increase your reach. And if you don't have that really, is it worth putting out organic content and putting investment there? Yeah. Um, We've had the but, struggle with, with, uh, you know, you know, is the audience still there from a technical perspective? Right? I'm not really sure they are. So LinkedIn's kind of the hot spot yeah, right now. It is. Um, yeah. Everyone's, everyone's kind of micro influencing on LinkedIn in terms of the tech audience, but I mean, everyone is everywhere at yeah. some point. It's just kind of figuring out like, uh, where do you prioritize that messaging and how much investment are you going to put, yeah. put there? Um, right. you, we're used to having everything on. So <laughs> scaling back. <laughs> how does, how does your success uh, in, in social inform or enhance your, your job uh, on the, on the corporate side and vice versa? So off the bat, this is one thing that's interesting from like a perspective of of social. So a lot of my really successful strategists don't have a following like I do, or they don't have, they've been working on corporate accounts. Like they've been big name accounts. So there's this perspective all of a sudden that, oh, well, she has a following. She must know what she's talking about off the bat for me. And it's interesting because I think even you go and talk to other people about social media, and I know people are probably better than me, but they just don't have the following because they've been developing brands Mm -hmm. for so long. Um, So I automatically have a a voice a little bit more because people are like, wow, you've done it on your own. And that's a great thing. And I've, I've been fortunate to have that break break. I say on maternity leave to do that um, and test my skills, but I've also learned on the other side, like what brands are doing really well in managing influencer relations. I've never had that exposure before. I've seen amazing product briefs come through of like how I should be positioning the products and talking about it and the relationship building side and what that means to be a creator. That has been a side I didn't know before. Um, and that's insight that I I have. And, you know, I've also seen really bad stuff come through where people don't give me good insight to what they're looking for. And it's a bunch of back and forth for not, not a lot of time, a lot of time, but not a big, not a big reward on my part. Right. Um, but I think that's a, a takeaway that I can really say like, you know, analysts, anyone who we're working with on the, the B2B side, how can we be more clear about what we're looking for, but also give them an opportunity to just be who they are. The ones that aren't so good are so prescriptive that it sounds like an ad when I'm talking about it. Um, And that's not really fun. That's not, that's my brand that you're kind of teetering the line with too. So um, I've learned a lot about like partnerships and that's kind of something new I bring to the table for perspectives. Um, I think, I think it is interesting that you said, and, and I, I'm, there's so many different places I want to go before we finish this, this podcast, but that one really hit me your brand. So within corporate, you have a brand that when, when corporate wants to do bad social stuff, you're like, wait a minute, right? You're messing with my success over here because you're doing crappy marketing here. And, and, and how do you tow that line? Because it's like, okay, I got this paycheck that I'm, that I'm trying to keep flowing in, but these guys are messing with this other paycheck that I have. (laughs) How, How do you tow that line? 
it's, it's a very, like the way I could say is when I look at corporate social accounts, I can, it's almost like a special lens, like glasses I put on and I can almost see stakeholder relationships, like just by their posting. And I will celebrate when I see a post that might not be so great, but I could just picture the social manager probably got a win from that group. Like, yeah, (laughs) Um, maybe they've never posted before. And all of a sudden they have like an event post. It might not be the best event post, but it might've been what that social manager was able to get up there. And that's my perspective I see all the time. And I think when I look at all of the corporate work I've done today, there's so many successes I see in like hashtags, for example, everyone wants their own hashtag. If I can just teach someone that we don't need our own hashtag for every product because the name is going to change, right? Yeah. <laughs> and we we tap into using a broad one, it's a win. And I think that's the perspective of a social manager that sometimes we think it's tied to our 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 work and the the actual visual, but there's so much that goes on in stakeholder management that I it's it's almost like each post is a win versus versus like that that account itself. Um, so, so, so you focus more on, on building relationships with the stakeholders that you have to deal, that you have to deal with when these big campaigns come down so that when those campaigns come down, you have their ear when, Always. when you have to look at them and say, I don't think this is going to work. And they're like, totally. so then they trust you because you have these, these relationships with them that you've built on social. Always. Yep. And that's basically how I manage it. And it's, it's, it is an investment over time. Like social is something where like I can, one of my stakeholders at, when I worked at Dell, I'll never forget. She came to me wanting to open a new account and she was so mad at me and she became one of my best stakeholders ever, but she was so mad at me because I told her that she didn't have the resources to really grow an account. She, Mm -hmm. it was 5% of her job. She was really managing doing all this, you know, all, all of the actual like event stuff per month. And it was, it was when Dell was kind of going on these like tours. Right. And I said, if you post once on our corporate account, you will get more reach, more following than you opening a net new account and not having the resources to do anything with it. She was a top post every single month. Like she killed it, killed it one post. But you know, we it's it's the expectations of like, okay, they're coming in, they they know about social because of their use and their own usage, and they have a vision of how their program would fit into it. And it's like, okay, testing over time, using the data to kind of show why something's working and why it's not. Sometimes you have to chalk up a loss. And a lot of the times it does happen in social where we say, Yeah, we'll just post it. That's yeah. fine. And then we show them why it didn't work. And I think that is the toughest spot for social managers, but also the most common. Um, and I think that's why a lot of people get out of social really quick is because they quickly learn that we're always on the side where no one, people already think they know what they're doing. And I, I kind of like that. It's been teaching me a lot about stakeholder management and how to be successful in corporate um, just through trial and error. I want to go back to something you said earlier Um because I I see this and I think that it is going to continue to be important for marketers. You said that sometimes you sit at the table with people who've been doing corporate social branding for so long and 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 they give you 
a seat at the table based on what you've done on your own. And you yep. feel like you feel like you said you feel like they know things that you don't know. But I think in that instance, it's it it's 50, it, it's six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. You know things that they don't know because mm-hmm. you have gone out and you have learned this new discipline. And and because they're so focused in corporate and, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. They a lot of times corporate doesn't give you time to learn that new discipline. These Absolutely things that not. we do in marketing take time and effort, trial and error, creativity. And when you were on maternity leave, you had that because people yeah. weren't begging you to show up at a meeting every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Or, you know, so you had that time. You, you, you were able to invest in your passion. And so you were able to learn something that the folks in corporate didn't have. So, so I think from my perspective, you were sitting at that table as equals, you just had different different levels of expertise. And I think moving forward as we move into, you know, Gina has several sessions on, on AI. As we move into AI, as we move into all of these data and analytics capabilities, I think it's going to be the same thing. There are going to be marketers like you who say, this is interesting to me. I'm going to go learn it. And they'll be able to sit at the table with the old heads um, me and Gina. Me and Gina are wait, old heads. Wait, no, we're out of that. <laughs> <laughs> we're old heads. You'll be able to sit at the table with the old heads, and and it's a fifty fifty partnership. And from from my yeah. perspective, well, so I'm gonna go more on the social media side because that's where I came from. Even when I met you, um, I do think with um, the different programmatic things that are coming out of this for marketing in particular, it is imperative to have creativity and have people with the creativity to break through the not the, the monotony yeah. of cor- of corporate market even corporate social so if you don't have yeah. that creativity you will not connect with the buyers and the influencers especially of technology products they want to hear from somebody whose last name is Picard come on now yes yeah, absolutely it, well it's funny that that seat at the table you know how many people always will ask me like oh we want to open a tiktok in, in the barrier to entry of TikTok, you're growing a new account is like five posts a day, really, to like get uh, to get started. Five posts of video content a day. So like, I mean, you worked in corporate, like that's that's a big ask for five videos a day. Not if you trust not your, if, you, <laughs> if you trust your engineers and you trust the technical people, but they don't. But yeah, not if exactly. You, they don't that's trust the them thing. not to say get the wrong the, thing. Yeah. yeah. Get the people talking, right? So then you then it's it's all about the people within your business are your influencers, right? Your employees, yes, your execs. Exactly. Um, and that's a shift from where you know we have a lot of control over the creative process. But now now it's really everyone in your business is an influencer and can participate in this. If we want to do this, it's going to be getting your smartest people talking. I mean, talking about AI, right? Like it's very interesting and in social today where that's going because it's it's starting to be a thing in social where we, we are borderline like lo- like losing people who are writing copy. Um, but I, I can go on social and tell if someone's using chat GPT. Oh, right absolutely. Like it, the way it, it's structured, it can just tell. Um, it, it does funny things. It makes all of us kind of laugh if you've been in the profession. Yeah. But there's the data security part of it too. It's like now you've got social managers at agencies or anywhere, just dumping your press release that's going to be yes. in a couple of days, right? Into 
into whatever AI application that you don't know, but you're just like paying them to do that. And that's happening a lot in social. I I post about it on my LinkedIn um, a lot, but it's it's a big trend right now. For sure it is. And I think the the danger of that is the messages just get dumbed down and dumbed down and dumbed down. There is no way you can connect with a technical audience, at least. There's just absolutely no way to do that and connect with technology people. Nope. Well, I want to, so um, I just want to, this is, I love this grouping of women <laughs> personally, because Gina, when when social was, was new, I shouldn't say new, but when it was new in tech, Gina helped get me started on Twitter. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and so many people on Facebook because of me. And the reason I have a TikTok account is because of Anna. Ah, nice. I Anna, Anna convinced me. I still have not posted one time, Anna. I am a TikTok voyeur. <laughs> right, I go You're and I gonna look have to at- get the podcast on there. <laughs> exactly. You gotta get it on there. You start taking exactly. snippets and everyone will start following it. So. We will. We will. So so I, now I have an excuse. I have to I have to get my TikTok, but Anna's the reason I have a TikTok. Account, She's so. mad when I put pictures of her on Love LinkedIn <laughs> and Instagram. So whatever. She's not gonna do a video of the podcast. So Anna <laughs> We so appreciate you coming on and and helping us. And for those of you out there who are in corporate environments and who are struggling and saying, hey, I, you know, I, I enjoy this, but I want to really I want my skills and I want to do them and I want to use them in someplace else. I would say Anna would say, find something that you're passionate about. <laughs> Take a maternity leave or. Right. Men can take maternity leaves now. Paternity. Uh, they can take True. a paternity leave now and and really get into it and and grow it because because you absolutely can. So, Anna, I'm going to let you have have the final word, what you want to leave with our, our yeah. listeners. Yeah, I think that with social, it's giving everyone an opportunity now to be like put their skill sets out there in a new way. And I don't. I don't think you necessarily need to be a social expert, right? There are so many different platforms. Pick one that resonates with you, right? For me, it's TikTok. I love short form video. Some people like photos that might be Instagram for you or just blogging that might be LinkedIn. You don't need to be everywhere at once, but pick somewhere to put what you're passionate about out there. And I guarantee you will connect with other individuals who are also very passionate about that as well. And that'll just open up opportunity. And that's that's really what social media is about, is about opportunity. So don't hold back. That's kind of my advice. That was perfect. Awesome. Thank you, Anna. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for having me on. We'll talk again soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today on the Tech Aunties podcast. If you have a topic you would like us to cover, please connect with us on LinkedIn and Instagram. You can also find this episode and others at techaunties.com. Until next time, y'all be sweet. <laughs>